am Megan. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Why, thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, the place where we watch movies that are good to us, but sometimes bad to other people. But this time, um, not not this time. Yeah, this was. Um, we're 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 right on the razor's edge of what we should actually be including in our podcast right I mean, now. We're on the other side of the razor's edge. Let's be honest. Are we? Oh, we definitely are. Okay, fine. Sixty is a passing grade. Yeah, I suppose it that is. That is a D minus of, I don't have to take this class again, thank mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah, good point. All right, well, I guess we should just end the podcast there. And uh, sure, wouldn't this week, huh? Yeah, that was that, that, that went really well. This, I, this actually might be our best episode yet. We haven't had a chance to do anything terrible or force people to listen to an hour of what turns out to be unfunny blathering. Yeah. Bloviating. Blood nonsense. Mm-hmm. We haven't been offensive. Blarney. Yeah. Amber, we did watch um, a movie, though. I thought we decided not to talk about it, though. Cause... Well, no, no. I'm just talking to you, Amber. Oh, okay. Is it just... I've turned off my microphone. It's just between just between you and me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, how'd you like it? I liked it good. Oh, did you? Yeah, yes, I'd seen great. it before, but like, I wanted you to mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? We, we watched the movie Red. Well, I, as you know. I know. I don't know why you... T- it's almost... Like you didn't actually turn off your microphone. And that would be a serious breach of trust, Megan. And mm. also possibly illegal. Hard to say. Anyway. Um, yeah. So this was another Carl Urban movie, Amber. You, uh... Yeah, another backdoor Carl Urban. You didn't see that. You didn't see that shit coming. You didn't I see did the KU. Not. The KU came up on you in the credits. You're like, what? What did you do to him? I started to laugh because it's like, Carl Urban's in this movie. Wait a second. <laughs> Amber's been trying to backdoor me Carl Urban, apparently, this week. Oh, that sounds filthy. That sounds like a filthy why? thing that I don't you would understand need why. to consent to in writing. Super don't get what you mean yeah. by that. You mean to I backdoor Carl Urban to you? Yeah, you got me to watch a Carl Urban movie without letting me know it was a Carl Urban movie. Okay, so it's, it, was why? A, it was a non-consensual action that involved the, a backdoor and me Carl yeah. Urbaning you. I just said that. I'm sorry. I just I wanted to clarify how I had wronged you today. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wronged you in that way by backdoor. Mm-hmm. That is the correct way. Carl Urbaning you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel after that? How do you feel after that backdoor action? I was uh, actually pretty delighted by it. Oh. I was very glad to have Carl Urban in my sphere again. In your back door, if you will. Yeah. That's what I said. This got dark. Or did it get light, Amber? Oh, dear. Hmm? Okay, so we watched Red. We did watch Red. And we shouldn't have watched Red. Mm-mm. But we Probably did it not. anyway. Partially because Red 2 is in our purview. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're completionists? Well, one of the things is I hadn't watched Red before. So I need to watch Red before we watched Red 2. Fair. And we didn't want to waste a perfectly good afternoon of movie watching on not recording a podcast episode. Exactly. I don't want to have to like watch a movie with you and then not record a thing about it. Whoa, that would mean we just spent social time together. Oh, ick. Oh, my. Um, yeah, red. It is um, obviously red stands for retired and dangerous. No, it uh, it doesn't. You... You know how that Why? that second letter is an E? I can remember. Did you notice how the second letter is an E? Yeah, I did. Okay, I okay. And you said an e and word. you said you said and. I said oh sorry, I said end dangerous. 
So you you meant end as in the opposite of the beginning. Re- yeah, like retired. End game dangerous. Mm-hmm. So now there's a G. No, no, I no, I was exemplifying end oh, as of in course. end game. Of course. No, Not you were, that was clarity is what we you, you were offering clarity. me. Clarity. I was so retired. Keeping upon you. End dangerous. I don't remember what it is, Amber. Oh my. Hey, I mean, hey, three in bed. Give, give me no. Actually, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. Mm. You, you actually know it's because you only had to remember three things. I don't understand. And and they give you the first letter of the second of the three things. What is happening to our schools in which you are a teacher? Yeah. Well, come on. Give, how about how about some guesses? What is an, an a word that starts with e that actually makes sense? End is not among them. Hmm. Weird. Uh, retired. Would it help if I said it's an adverb? Oh, yes. Okay. Retired, excitably dangerous. Wow. You know, for a second, mm-hmm. for a second, I thought maybe you were going to say the right thing, and that is mm-hmm. on me. Enjoyably dangerous. There. Good. Good stuff. Exponentially dangerous. I mean, I'm, no, I refuse to give this to you because now you're just, <laughs> now we are bloviating. Retired expendables dangerous wow it just has all of expendables wow. in the middle that's of it that's just i mean considering the overlap between because, the two movies yeah. that was deeply inappropriate though these might yeah. be like nemesistic franchises and you just you just mush them together nemesistic yeah you know when you're not <laughs> friends you're nemesises and then when you fight each other it leads to infections that create cysts yeah. To get out the infection. Yeah. Yeah. Septic, yeah. Nemesistic. They're nemesistic. Yeah. Retired, exceptionally dangerous. No. God damn Fuck. you. No. You know what it is, and now you're just toying with me, and it's it's gone on for too long. You say it right, or we're done. I actually did think it was exceptionally. Um, what? Are you yeah, I did. serious? <laughs> yes. This is... <laughs> <laughs> you watched the movie not 20 minutes ago they didn't say it a ton they said it once oh my extremely yes yeah i mean you got it but when you get it in 12 i'm just not i'm not feeling that excited anymore i'm not sure why i got it i got it amber you can just run that back i got I it will in do one. not do that i will not do that Retired, so, extremely dangerous. Yeah, we watched Retired, extremely dangerous. Why don't, you, why don't you just take it from here? You clearly have a good grasp on this. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna back away. Obviously, I'm gonna back away. Let you do the description. I'm not gonna help because you don't need my help. All right, I got this, Amber. So, Bruce Willis is Frank Moses. He's retired and extremely dangerous. Obviously, we first are introduced to him just being a chill ass dude, talking to. Um, Mary Louise Parker on the phone. Um, he makes excuses to call this call helpline um, just to talk to her. Um, so far, it seems like nothing weird's happening. And then, of course, three people come in to absolutely murderify Bruce Willis, and uh, he takes them down, no problem. Um, and we realize, oh, maybe he's a little bit more than we expected, Amber. And these folks are out to kill him. And they, he also, I guess he knows that they tapped his phone and that he made a bunch of calls to Mary Louise Parker. So he's going to 
go to Kansas City to grab her so they don't also, you know, kidnap her or kill her because uh, they figured out that she's important to him. Anyway, Bruce Willis decides to go and find some of his old CIA folks, including Morgan Freeman and uh, John Malkovich, who plays this wildly conspiracy-minded, like, doomsday prepper, hilarious guy. Yeah, they gave him LSD every day for, like, I think 11 years was the backstory. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Uh, after being told that, Mary Louise Parker's like, oh, he's good. He's doing really well. (laughs) He's doing really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) John Malkovich playing a squirrely weirdo is exactly what you want it to be yeah it is it's it's his you were saying at some point you had just been watching his face during the movie yeah in the scenes where he doesn't have any dialogue and he's just reacting to what's going on it's Mm -hmm. delightful yep yep they figure out that um the people who are chasing them also killed a reporter the reporter has a list of people the list of people dun 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 includes bruce willis's name and john malkovich's name um realized that all of these folks had been on this um mission in guatemala where this fucked up shit happened and they ended up extracting somebody um richard dreyfus essentially had them extract somebody but now they're systematically killing everybody who was involved in this expedition so um that happens then Obviously, Bruce Willis gets shot at some point, so they turn to um, Helen Mirren, who's in this movie. Fantastic. Delightful. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah. She basically plays an assassin. Yeah, she's a super duper, like, um, sniper assassin um, who uh, takes care of, you know, treats him and uh, just joins the team. They get the team back together, Amber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. when, oh, he gets shot breaking into the CIA to get the file on the Guatemala mission and while there encounters the CIA operative that has been uh, sent to kill him, Carl Urban. Yes. Carl Urban's in this movie. Carl Urban shoots him, but only after Bruce Willis gives him a fantastic smackdown. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Carl Urban calls him grandpa and uh, a smackdown ensues. Exactly. And he gets access to the CIA because of course they went to visit their old pal, Brian Cox, who plays a Russian operative. Uh-huh. Who gets yes. them the credentials they need. So there's collecting people over yeah. the age of, you know, 50 or 60 mm-hmm. who were all in the game and are just missing it so hard. Yeah, so much. <laughs> Brian Cox ends up saying, just having this like really serious conversation with Bruce Willis where he's like, I haven't killed anybody in years. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> Bruce Willis's <laughs> genuine response. Yeah, just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is um, then followed by a conversation with Helen Mirren where he's like, man, you seem to have it so together. How are you How are you doing so well being retired? She's like, well, right. to be honest, <laughs> I pick up the odd job every now and then. I, I just can't stop. She, yeah. she literally says, I just can't stop. <laughs> yep. Murdering. Murdering people. Yeah. So, um... They go and hunt down Richard Dreyfus, uh, and um, he plays this deliciously terrible arms trafficker. Um, and um, at that point, I believe um, 
they end up trying to get away. And in order to get away, uh, poor Morgan Freeman goes out there pretending to be Bruce Willis um, and gets shot, Amber. Oh, I mean, thank goodness he was 80 years old and had stage four liver cancer. Which they made very clear up front. So we kind of knew what was up. Chekhov's liver cancer? Yeah, pretty much Chekhov's liver cancer. Um, he sacrificed himself for uh, for the team to get away out the back door. Carl Urban told Bruce Willis he wouldn't shoot him if he came out. And as soon as um, Morgan Freeman came out, they shot him. And Carl Urban's like, what the fuck? Who shot? He, he was totally going to be true to his word. So Carl Urban kind of gets that something squirmy is happening here. Exactly. Up to this point, he's been a good company man. But the deeper mm-hmm. in he gets, the more he feels like maybe he's on the wrong side of this. Maybe. Could be. We go to, um, I believe at this point, Sarah, um, who is Mary Louise Parker, gets captured by the CIA. And also they find out that it was the vice president who ordered these assassinations of people and it was extracted in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, They're the only people and- who know about the terrible thing he did. Mm-hmm. And so he's having them eliminated. Although he kind of puts it on Richard Dreyfus. Well, it turns out it, it actually was Richard Dreyfus. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he was being no. super smarmy or, yeah. No, no. It's just Richard Dreyfus. No, at the end, he definitely makes it clear that Richard Dreyfus was just controlling the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. Never trust an arms dealer, Amber. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Um. So, yeah, they end up... Um. Getting into, uh, a, they capture the vice president through a just delightful, um, he's at a rally where he's announcing that he's running, going to be running for president. And they, um, I suppose we'll go into it later, but they end up directing the vice president exactly where they want him by a series of like false um lots of violence yeah lots of violence they capture the vice president yeah so that they can trade him for mary louise parker Mm -hmm. and at that same meeting the cia's other um dick dues show up so richard dreyfus and his um kind of uh smarmy cia agent lady show up and richard dreyfus just shoots the vice president um at which point carl urban decides that bruce willis is on the right side and uh, he helps Bruce Willis, uh, you know, murderify everybody. They win. Everybody's happy. And then yeah. it's a beautiful <laughs> beginning to a relationship and a beautiful moment for two lost souls to find each other again. Yes. I want to get a little bit into that later. But um, we also, um, Brian Cox reminds Bruce Willis that he, Bruce Willis owes him a favor. And with the last scene is just Bruce Willis um, and... John Malkovich running out of Moldova with some sort of nuclear weapon. Is there a nuclear weapon? I didn't even yeah, notice that. Yeah, he's got one. I he's just got noticed one in the wheelbarrow. Yeah. I, 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 all I saw in the wheelbarrow was John Malkovich dressed as some sort of peasant woman. Yeah, just a beautiful dress. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. All right. So Amber's Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 71 for the critics and a 72 for the audience. That's, we aren't supposed to do this movie. No, no. 60 for Metacritic, critics 69. Ha ha for <laughs> the audience. Brother. Yep. We should not have done this movie. No. No. But we already explained Oops. why we did do this movie. And Oops-a-doodle. also, we can do whatever the fuck we want. 
Hmm, that's a good point, Amber. I am a modern woman. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I mean, so as, you know, one might think on Rotten Tomatoes, um, people in general like this, um, you know, action comedy, um, kind of giddy vibe that the Expendables lacked. Um, you know, some of them say it's silly and it runs out of steam before the end, but I, I thought it was delightful all the way through. You have the star power to not really care and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And story that's good enough, dialogue that's funny enough, situations that are slapsticky extreme enough to definitely count it as a solid action comedy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with the critics. They mm-hmm. they have their they are right. They're on top of this one. It's not inspired, but it is no. inspiring. So true. Oh, yeah. It's a thing I said. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, Critics Corner. You get like kind of a pat on the back this time. We're in the wrong for even suggesting that you might be in the wrong by doing this podcast. Yeah, and now we're both in the wrong. Yeah, well, that's that's one for you. Mm-hmm. Like, 32 for us, but one for you. Good work. Good work. So, Megan. Yes, Amber. Anything in particular just tickle you about this film? Well, I wanted to sh- start off by saying um, something you said at the beginning of this movie is when Bruce Willis showed up, you said... That Bruce Willis has a face perfectly formed for mischief and that you liked it. Why do I say these things? I don't know. It's just, okay, so I'm looking at Bruce Willis's mm-hmm. face and I'm thinking, that I like looking at your face. Your face is yeah. appealing to me on a level that is almost instinctual. I see your face. I see that little like, you know, right side mm-hmm. of the mouth, half yeah. smile, and just the mm-hmm. lines on his face have formed in a way that just seems like it's just mischief is written into his skin. And it's just, when I see him using his face, I just feel, huh, mischief. He's just, yeah, he's he's pulling one over on us and that guy and himself. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Agreed. It was just a delightful way for you to say that. Thank you. Thank you very Mm -hmm. much. I, I, I was in no way suggesting that I wanted to make a flesh mask. Just putting that out there. Good. Yeah, I mean, because it could be interpreted that way, maybe, by some people. Uh, I wasn't going to. Not until now. No, but but, but I said that I don't want to. So you should Right. Like, what I'm saying yeah. is, like, allay oh, that fear. Good. I, Not I where I was headed. will. Not where I was headed. Nine, one. I'm just going to wait to see if I need to press this extra one. I mean, it's not like he's here, probably. Although one of the things that um, Michael has said and uh, was a prominent part of the kind of um, roast right before my brother got married was that um, the older my brother gets, the more he looks like Bruce Willis. So It's true. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it isn't just like a one to one his features match up with Bruce Willis. It's also uh-huh. mischief in his face. Mischief. Oh, yeah. There is so much mischief in the face of your brother. Yeah. What, you mean eating six Doritos while we're trying to report, record a podcast? Yeah, and the baby carrots that he ate before the Doritos didn't even make it in yeah. to the final cut. I know. Dude was up yeah. to some stuff. He was. And he definitely thought about doing a rule of threes and bringing a screaming baby, but thought maybe, maybe not. Oh, that would have been hilarious. Now it just makes me kind of question his commitment to the craft. Yeah, I know. Mm. He's been downgraded a bit from Bruce Willis level disappointing oh well yeah maybe he'll get there he's he's got he's got a few decades 
Yeah, one day. So um, we are repeating a movie, of course, that Michael did on his podcast. What you talking about, Willis? Oh, you mean the fake podcast that doesn't exist? You're referencing something that doesn't exist in our podcast. You're plugging a non-existent podcast. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we credited Michael because he already did this movie on his podcast. And I just wanted to, like, give him big ups, you know. But just so we're, we're keeping in mind that uh-huh. much like the flesh, flesh mask, this isn't a real uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Much like the flesh mask, Amber. <laughs> See, I, I'm still really unclear uh, about your grasp on reality. So Michael's podcast... Yes, it's great. Doesn't exist. What you talking about, Willis? There's no such thing as it. He doesn't have, have to... a podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Much less one called that. He's but he's been on our podcast and he told no, us. He about has. That podcast. He's he's been on our podcast, which is mm-hmm. which is a real thing in in, in, yeah. in that it exists and people could listen to it. I'm pretty much just those two things. Mm-hmm. Whereas his can't mm-hmm. be listened to by anyone because it doesn't exist. You you you're with me on this. Let me see that in yes. your eyes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so, yes, absolutely. You have to um, know where the punctuation is, what there you're talking is. about, Willis, because there's a comma. It's what you're talking about, Willis, because he's talking about Bruce Willis movies. Yeah, I'm just going to let this one go. Good. Yep. So, sorry. Uh, yeah, we are retreading ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really important anyway, that you brought that up. I thought so, too. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this movie is, um, it's, it's very silly, but it also holds on to, like, it, it it does a good job of mixing, not taking itself too seriously, I suppose, is a good way to put it, um, while having some kind of still pretty serious and fun action, action scenes. Yeah, the action is, is very stylized, it's very, mm-hmm. you know, some of the shots that they decide to do, especially in the beginning, there's... Oh, Bruce wow. Willis puts some bullets in a frying pan with some oil and it keeps doing close-ups mm-hmm. of the bullets and then juxtaposed with his eye. And it's just, yes. okay, you had fun with it. We get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. He put oil in the pan too, which I guess maybe just distributed the heat more evenly. Hmm, don't know. Yes, yeah, so let's think about the science of oiling the bullet pan versus not yeah. oiling the bullet. What about, what about like spray? Like a, a, yeah. a non-stick? I guess it's the non-stick like isn't the issue. Yeah. It was probably, yeah, more about heat distribution or... Yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, so when um, Bruce Willis uh, comes and kidnaps Mary Louise Dreyfus, Is that her name? It is not. Mary Louise Parker. Richard Dreyfus is in this movie. Richard Dreyfus. And, um, okay. He and Mary Louise Parker actually got married on the set oh, and she yeah. took his name. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Okay. You are basically shaping reality at this point. We have established that in this podcast, no reality exists but that which is in your head. Retired and dangerous, Mary Louise Dreyfus and Michael's seminal podcast. I reject your reality and substitute my own, Amber. That's the world we live in. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that makes it seem yucky. So when Bruce Willis goes to get Mary Louise Parker, um, he, you know, she initially, he defo kidnaps her um for her own good i suppose um sure and she very uh adeptly is able to get out of her restraints which was great good work um she calls the police as she should have and uh one of the police officers 
uh, tries to kidnap her and put her in a nefarious police car because they were out to get her. Guess what? Oh, man. See, it's a shame when the kidnapper is in the right because it yeah. just sets a bad precedent. It does. And it, it kind it of does. downplays the awesomeness of her escape. You know, you're thinking, yeah. oh, man, you just made things worse for yourself. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. get into her head. She just escaped. Yeah, She just for sure. ripped herself out of her restraints by destroying a bed frame. Yeah. That's pretty Cause, great. Yeah, because she, yeah, he, like, duct taped her mouth shut. And then he said to her, you are, are you hungry? What do you want to eat? And she did, pizza. <laughs> I do like that it translated pizza. Yeah. The rest of it had just been incohate rage. Mm -hmm. Well, she's just ranting with the tape across her mouth. It's a good cycle of just her escalating in her physical Mm -hmm. gesticulations to express her rage. And then she eventually kind of just... And then she just kind of sits there quietly, sullenly. And then Mm -hmm. asks for pizza when he asks her what she wants. Of course. Yeah. It's good. Always pizza. It's good. At one point, she she bangs her head against one of the car seats. Uh Uh-huh. Just... I'm so mad, and I so can't mad. express it. So just uh, headbutt. Yep, a fucking headbutt is the only way I can express my rage. Yeah, don't I know that feeling? Yeah. Um, once Amber hit, headbutted me so hard in the shoulder that it hurt for like weeks afterwards. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. You know, this is you're gonna bring this up. Well, it and hurt. that was especially especially it's hurtful that you bring this up in this scenario because we were, just talking we were talking about, about headbutts and how you understand headbutting we were talking about headbutts of rage that was you a were... headbutt of love okay that was a headbutt of affection that was a hi megan this is my forehead connecting with your shoulder because hey i'm glad you're alive and the fact yes. that you don't understand uh-huh. that is uh-huh. just really hurtful you know your shoulder hurt for like uh-huh. a day, my heart yeah. hurts. Not a day. Forever. I said. I said weeks, Amber. It hurt. Yeah, you still feel it on rainy days. That's 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 ridiculous. So, <laughs> so okay. So the police officer is trying to grab Mary Louise Parker and tries to shoot her up or half shoots her up with something in a syringe. Um, Bruce Willis comes behind, stops the syringe from going fully in, um, takes it out, licks the syringe. <laughs> And to figure out what it was. And he's like, oh, okay. You're just going to be sleepy for a while. <laughs> mm, tastes like ketamine. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Definitely licked like a needle that had just been in someone's arm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's probably had all her shots. Yeah, it was it was, it was. was very good. And it's followed by another terrific moment when um, Bruce Willis is getting away in that cop car. And um, Carl Urban comes after him and starts shooting at him. <laughs> Bruce Willis does like a 360 with the car, except as he's doing a 360, he opens the car door, steps out, the car rotates around him. He takes like one step forward, avoids the back of the car going into his legs and shoots at Carl Urban. It's beautiful. It's delightful. Yes, it's a very good moment. And it's mm-hmm. all done. I think Bruce Willis and Carl Urban both had to school their faces to do as little as possible while the most uh-huh. exciting and interesting action things were happening because they had to kind of be almost bored, if not yeah. just blasé, about doing really cool, violent shit. Yeah, cool shit. I feel like that's sure. the mark of a really good action movie. You know, mm-hmm. they're not they're not sweaty. They're not desperate. They're not hiding from the bullets and nervous that the car is going to hit them. Nah, man, Bruce Willis has been doing this for too long. He's ice 
cold and Carl yeah. Urban is at the top of his game. It's, he's a young man who believes it's a young mm-hmm. man's game, but he's earned his bones. He's on yeah. the rise. Yeah. Thus his face can do nothing. Yep. He's got cool hair. He's got cute hair. Oh, cute hair. Excuse <laughs> me. Is <laughs> how Bruce Willis describes him. Cute hair. Yeah, cute, cute hair. hair. Yeah, cute hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fit. I love that. I, I love, love that. It. So Ernest Borgnine plays, you know, the keeper of the secret records. And when mm-hmm. Bruce Willis breaks into the CIA with Mary Louise Parker, because he keeps her with him pretty much throughout all of the shenanigans until she gets and kidnapped. She, yeah, and she, like, relatively quickly, especially after he like saved her from that police officer is kind of on board. Yeah. Yep. And they established that she'd been reading these just terrible spy romance novels. Mm -hmm. And he, when he would call and they would talk, he'd ask her which one she was on and it showed him reading the same one. And so, and they're all about, you know, people getting drafted into spy shenanigans internationally and doing dangerous, crazy things. She's into it. She's into the fantasy of it. And it turns out, somehow prepared her for the reality of it. So yeah, she's... I guess so. This break into the CIA. There, there's a scene in the elevator going down to the records room. She's like, so what do you think the penalty is for this if we get caught? Death? <laughs> Maybe life in prison. And she's... That... That makes her happy. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does not scare her. She's like, mm, cool. Like, he brought her along. Like, this is a first date. He is romancing her with the danger and the yeah. espionage. Because he knows. He read those books. Mm-hmm. But when they they get down to Ernest Borgnine, happy to see him, old friends, Mm -hmm. old man in the game, whatever. And he describes, you know, cute hair. Oh, yeah, cute hair. Look tough, though, is what Ernest Borgnine tells Bruce Willis, Uh which I think is the only reason why Bruce Willis then goes up to Carl Urban's office and kicks his ass. Because there doesn't seem to be another reason to do it. Yeah, he takes his key card, but like, but I think they're just he, leaving at that he, point. So yeah, I they were just leaving, and they, they had were just leaving. They had access. They, yeah, he, he only needed understand. the key card to escape after having given Carl Urban the beating. Yeah, there's, like, yeah, it was like Ernest Borgnine suggesting that Carl Urban might be a bit of a challenge. This uh-huh. was like, fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna go get him. I'm gonna whip the shit out of this young whippersnapper. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Which I'm super into. Yes. He does a great job of it. It's just, it was also, such a throwaway moment that seemed to be purely based on, I'm still relevant pride. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, like, doesn't attract any, like, nobody's concerned about the breaking glass and the shooting that's going on in Carl Urban's uh, office, apparently. Yeah, that was impressive. The, the Nobody reacted to, and they broke everything in that office. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a... It was a dirty, vicious fight. Tables, TVs, file, like multiple file cabinets mm-hmm, went down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Phone gets crushed. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was a good. Mm-hmm, very good. Very, you know, body slamming kind of beat down. But surprisingly yeah. little reaction from the office. Yeah. I read that um, the first thing that happens is Carl Urban throws a mug at Bruce Willis and he actually winged him with it and um he wasn't really supposed to and there's like this look of, of confusion on bruce willis's face because he's just like what the fuck you actually hit me <laughs> you actually hit me with this <laughs> yeah um to hit on some of the things we sometimes talk about um there's you know morgan freeman is the only person of color in this movie i do believe that's true mary louise parker's 
Oh, no, no, and Helen Mirren. Right. Mm-hmm. Helen and Mirren Carl too, Urban's boss. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I guess she's in it too. Just very well. Um, there's, yeah, there, there's a little bit of it's. It's a little. They start Morgan Freeman off being like a lecherous old man, which is kind of grody, where he's having a nurse bend down and fix a TV for him. I think we're supposed to think, ah, he's still got it. He still likes the ladies. <laughs> no, it's just gross. It's just yeah. It's just a little bit of lechery against women and not a ton of people of color in this movie but yes you 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 murder your only person of color yeah it's too bad you made choices and those choices were making your only poc that guy i do think it was supposed to read as he still's got it but yeah he's still got the ability to objectify women Mm -hmm. Woohoo! especially women who are you know medical care providers try and make your life better yep Cool. They also uh, decide to hit some gongs when they go to Chinatown, which was completely unnecessary. Yeah, what was the deal with that? That was, yeah, these it's, we, we're going to Chinatown, gong, and then, yeah. you know, pulls up a postcard of Chinatown because that's what they've been doing to move between scenes. They, they go to many different places yeah. in the United States. And then... We we actually get to Chinatown, and then there's mm-hmm. another gong hit. Yeah, they double gong it. It's no weird. Please yeah. don't do that. Yeah, weird choice. Just delete it. What are you doing? Not funny. So John Malkovich plays this conspiracy theorist, um, and he has this awesome hideout, and um, when they recruit him on the team... You know, he definitely, there's a woman behind him that he, like, grabs and, like, says she's got a camera and, like, almost murders. Um, and then Bruce Willis makes him leave her behind. Um, and then he's also like, oh, that helicopter, it's following us. Um, he's right. They make John Malkovich right about both of these things. Oh, yes. The helicopter was indeed following them. And, mm-hmm. and it sniped the guy they were talking to. And then the redheaded yeah. woman that he grabbed... As it mm-hmm. turned out, definitely works for the government and is definitely trying to kill them. Yep. She has a rocket launcher. She has point. a rocket launcher that he decides instead of shooting her, he's going to shoot the rocket so it blows her up. Exactly. In in that mm-hmm. scene, they have three different people shooting at them. Mm-hmm. And all three of them, despite the fact that, that John Malkovich and Bruce Willis also have guns, get blown up instead. So one yes. guy gets shot with a grenade launcher that mm-hmm. had been inside of John Malkovich's stuffed squeaking pig. Obvi. The other one gets blown up with his own grenade after he throws it at John Malkovich, who then bats it back at him with a gun. Yeah, that was great. And then, yes, the one gunshot that they they actually perform themselves is, yes, John Malkovich shooting the rocket after she has already shot it. Yes. So that it explodes and blows her up. Mm Mm-hmm. All the bad guys were exploded. Yeah, it was great. It was hilarious. Mm Mm-hmm. It was... (laughs) And and then John Malkovich gives the... um, At some point, he gives the finger to the sky because he knows he's being watched and he says boop to this and then megan says boop to that indeed (laughs) i don't i don't know why you were so on board in that moment but you were just immediately boop to that indeed i think one of the things is that um 
well, one of the things we do with Abby is we like touch her nose and say boop. Um, but also when Dan is playing Destiny and Abby's watching, he always tells her that he's booping the other players. Oh, I'm going to boop them. Oh, they booped me. That is disconcerting. Yeah, it is. The other thing we haven't talked about a ton, Amber, is it's not just a love story between Mary Louise Parker and Bruce Willits. It's also a love story between Helen Mirren and Brian Cox. Oh, yeah. A beautiful love story, in fact. Yeah. We've been told that Helen Mirren fell in love with another agent back in the day. Ugh. And then she was ordered to kill him. So what'd she do, Amber? She put three in his chest, Megan. Yeah. It was a test of loyalty. And she passed. She did pass. Yeah. But it was also a test of love. What? Later we find Brian Cox has three old bullet wounds in his chest. Mm -hmm. And he shows them to Bruce Willis. And he says, that's how I know it was love. If it wasn't love, it would have been in the head. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) If Helen Mirren doesn't kill you when she shoots you, it's by purpose. It means she loves you. And it means she loves you. She doesn't mean to kill you. But in his Mm -hmm. case, it means she loves you. Yep. So they have a great, like, dance scene at Mm -hmm. the, you know, vice president's fundraiser where he's, you know, he's wooing her again. Yes, he is. All Mm -hmm. over again. And then she gets shot and he saves her. (gasps) He does. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's not too late for them, Megan. It's not, no. They found each other again. They found each other again. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And just the presence of Helen Mirren being a badass and Brian Cox getting involved in kind of spy espionage makes me think of The Long Kiss Goodnight. And now I just want to see Helen yeah. Mirren and Gina Davis in a movie together doing this. Yeah. I would love that. And somehow they bring Brian Cox back from the dead. <laughs> Sure. In, in The Long Kiss Goodnight. I don't know. Or, yeah. or Gina Davis just gets involved in Red. I feel like that works too. That would be okay with me as well. I feel like she's old enough to qualify as retired and extremely dangerous. Yeah. Which is definitely. to her credit. Yeah. Definitely enjoyably dangerous for sure. <sighs> Maybe she'll be in Red 3. Maybe. Hmm. Hashtag Maybe. Gina Davis badass with Helen Mirren. <laughs> Hashtag indeed. <laughs> That's how they work, right? I just say them and they happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've already largely described the final scene. We have, yeah. Essentially, they um, are trying to get the vice president, and they do it very well without killing anybody, um, but just kind of directing him exactly where they want him to go by misdirection. And Helen Mirren fi- firing the biggest, baddest turret I've ever seen in a parking garage. Megan does love turrets. I do. I super do. Yes. And then they get him and then they tase him and then Bruce Willis tries to bargain with him and then Richard Dreyfuss shoots him and then says her for you, meaning if Bruce Willis gives himself up to be murdered, then then Mary Louise Parker gets to live and then Richard Dreyfuss is like, shoot him, Carl Urban. And Carl Urban's like, fuck this. And then John Malkovich and Brian Cox and Helen Mirren shoot everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, love wins. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, technically, um, what Carl Oburn does is he does handcuff Bruce Willis, but he leaves the key in his hand. And so Bruce Willis just walks towards Richard Dreyfus and then, like, murders him by, like, karate chopping him in the larynx, I guess. Yeah, no, he just, he just, yeah, smashes him in the larynx. Yep. And then 
<laughs> at the very end, John Malkovich shoots him. Yep. They're having a like a, a final conversation, and you just hear a bang, and then <laughs> it's just John Malkovich has shot that guy. Just yep. to be sure. Yep. Always double tap Amber. Fuck. I, you're, you're always saying it, and John Malkovich did it. And I'm appreciating him for that fact. I'm glad. This is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Good Amber, stuff. what do you think of this movie? Uh, it's crazy balls On the rock scale. Uh, R for regrettable, O for, for outstanding, K for crazy balls. Nope. C for nope. crazy balls and K for K. Nope, 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 no, nope. It's crazy balls. This movie's crazy balls. <laughs> it's your own scale, woman. Yeah. Yes, this movie's crazy balls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's delightful. I'm very excited about Red 2. You shouldn't be. The critics say it's worse. Well, fuck the critics. Ah, you're just making assumptions now. Maybe you won't like it as much. Uh, yeah, is uh, Bruce Willis and Helen Mirren in it? Okay. I think I'll be okay. I don't know, though. That kind of bluster, it's, it's, I don't want you to be disappointed. Well, The critics said it was worse, and as we know, uh -huh. the critics are usually right. They are I'll our tastemakers. It's true. Also, Carl Urban allegedly isn't in that one. Which That's is... true. He's not terribly upsetting for me i'm sorry uh, yeah. you've gotten a taste for him and mm -hmm. now he's just been ripped yeah. mercilessly from you i've got a hunger only carl urban will satisfy uh-huh <laughs> oh dear <laughs> only carl urban will do yes anyway do an happy story so back in the day when abby was little she wouldn't say more she would say nur and um, if she wanted more of something, she would say, Nur milk. Or if she wanted you to more uh, blow more bubbles for Parker, she would say, Nur. And it was super adorable. And at some point, she stopped saying Nur and she started saying more. And my brother and Erica and my mom, we were all super sad by this and figured she must have just learned it um, at her daycare. Until we saw this video that Dan made where they had just gone to a woman's volleyball game and it's him talking to Abby and um, her saying, Nur volleyball? And him saying, yeah, can you say more volleyball? And she says, more volleyball? And, he's, and he, then he gives her um, compliments and we all get super mad at Dan because he's the one who took Nur away from us. And we're very mad at him. That monster. Incriminating video. Why would he do that? He, he did a terrible thing and then he created video evidence of it so that he could shove it in your face. He didn't realize he'd done it, allegedly. Mm -hmm. Then why did he share it? Because he didn't realize it was so incriminating, I think. Um, but so um, now Dan has tried to make up for it by teaching Abby Nur, um, but he has to teach her the um, how to like to do Nur because she um, the, the inflection is very um, necessary, and um, so when she wants something, she will say Nur. Mac and cheese, baby side eye, because she just kind of pulls out all her, um, all her top hits by saying those things all together. She's just pandering at this point. Yes, and it works. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, when it's natural, when it's real, when it's organic, that's one thing. But now it's just a baby trick. 
better than nothing? I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Amber, do you have a recommendation? I guess. I mean, I can, if that's what you really want. I think so, because I need time to think of mine. Oh, fair. Okay. This is a procrastination recommendation. I can do that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my wheelhouse. My recommendation is The Man Who Knew Too Little, a Bill Murray movie from 1997. Bill Murray plays the brother of Peter Gallagher, who is a fancy pants bank manager guy who is having a big fancy dinner for some German clients. And uh uh-oh, here comes Bill Murray showing up at his door. Uh, It's very inconvenient because he works, you know, in a blockbuster video. He's not fancy. What are we going to do with him? Oh, I know. Let's go send him to this new thing that they're doing in London where, you know, they get to pretend that they're a spy and they work with a bunch of actors for the night. And like, it'll take him away from the house for the whole night. It'll be great. But uh uh-oh somehow Bill Murray actually stumbles into an actual spy plot with real Russians and letters and dead people. But of course, the whole time, he's just sort of faking his way through it. And then he because he believes it's all just an act. He thinks it's all just theater. Mm -hmm. And it just it somehow works out for him. And everybody comes away thinking he's a super spy. And it's kind of hilarious and stupid. And I love it. I made you watch it. You did. It's fantastic. I it's, love it. It's fantastic. Peter Gallagher actually actually gets real-time tortured. Alfred Molina plays uh, Boris the Butcher <laughs> for the Russian side. It, is, it winds up being like a, a conspiracy between Britain and Russia because they, they oh want my. to bring back kind of Cold War era spy resources. So they create mm-hmm. this plot to get funding because peace, nice. peace is no fun for spies, which is mm-hmm. also kind of, you know, the theme of Red. Re- being so retired true. is no fun. You don't no, get to kill anybody. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very Great. it's very silly and I like mm-hmm. it a lot. It's yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. It might not hold up. Yeah, so spy movies. Comedy. Yeah. Bill Murray. Oh. I got you a spy movie right here, Amber. Oh dear. It's called Mission Impossible. Wait, That's I'm sorry. My recommendation. You're recommending Mission Impossible? <laughs> yeah. That seems spy movies. That seems lazy. Well, right, so I have just... Is, are recommendations a judgment-free zone? I would hope so, but apparently not. No, apparently not. I am judging you hard. Mm-hmm. Well, I just rewatched all of the Mission Impossible movies um, when I was um, not feeling well over this winter break. I um, rewatched all of them and uh quite delighted in them and their ridiculousness and uh yeah yeah they're terrible and great all at the same time it's fantastic i mean the newer ones are actually pretty good yeah this uh, the first one was really fun and then the second one i think it was was when you just didn't know who was who because every single time something bad happened they ripped off the mask and it was not who you thought it was Mm. It was yeah. overuse of mass technology. Over, yeah, I think people were so enamored with the mask technology in the first one that they just like that's the only thing they used in the second one. Yeah, it's like saying a word so many times it loses its all meaning. Exactly, but when you get to like Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, yeah, super fun, super duper fun. Oh yeah, those are great. Yeah, good supporting cast, bring in some yeah. strong women. Yeah, exactly right. Women of color, especially. Oh hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not watched Fallout yet, but I'm excited to. So you didn't watch all of them. You you I'm sorry, but you said you watched all of them. Like that was you 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 very clear. I think you said it twice. You watched all of them. 
I believe I even said all of them. You did. You emphasized how it was the totality of the Mission I Impossible. Should have said, I, I should have said that I watched all the ones that were available on YouTube TV. Yeah, but Fallout is actually available on Prime, so you could have still watched it for free. For freezies? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta go. You didn't really try. Wow. Apparently I did. I'm questioning your commitment to the genre. Hmm. As you should. And to this podcast. And to me. Oh, dear. Well, Amber, I now have to go watch Mission Impossible Fallout. And so I'm going to leave you like I do every single time. Flummoxed and depressed? By saying. Rock the night away, Amber. Uh, I guess that's pretty benign. Sure. Fine. It's better than the nonsense you've been spouting lately. So yeah, everybody, rock the night away. Why <laughs> the fuck not? <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. <laughs>